0: One of the nicest things about sports in the UK, it's incredibly inclusive. So every ability can get involved. Yes, you might actually be you know, competing at a national or international level and we can potentially support students in doing that. But if you just want to try a new activity, you're incredibly welcome. This is Let's Talk Higher Ed, a podcast for high school counselors and university admissions representatives worldwide who aim to help connect students to their dream schools. In each episode, We hold candid conversations with our community of students, their counselors, and universities to discuss everything from dealing with anxious parents to ensuring a seamless transition to university life. Let's get started.
1: Welcome to Let's Talk Higher Ed Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Munlin, Senior Director of Education Partnerships at Seattle. Seattle supports counselors with our powerful and simple-to-use platform, helping counselors and students save time and making higher education more accessible worldwide. We also support universities. Southway is your trusted partner to help you find right-fit undergraduate students from the largest network of international high schools. On today's podcast, we're joined by Catherine Eames, International Student Recruitment Manager at Imperial College London, to discuss why should Americans and international students study in the UK, and, and namely specifically at Imperial College London, uh, welcome to the show. Thank
0: you. Great to be here.
1: All right. Well, let's jump into a top reasons why Americans should come across or, or other international students come to the UK and study. Yeah,
0: I think it kind of breaks down into a few kind of clear areas, which very happy to kind of elaborate on as we kind of go through. I think kind of the academic quality is certainly there. You know, the UK, I guess we're seen as a small little island compared to many other countries. But I say we really kind of punch above our weight in terms of the kind of quality and the kind of variety of offering when it comes to higher education. You know, in terms of the quality, four of our universities are in the QS World Rankings Top 10. So yeah, you know, we've been doing higher education for a long time and we do it to a very good level, I'd say. Um, You've also got kind of the added extras, I'd say, that you can find at a a UK university in terms of kind of beyond the classroom, which again, happy to talk about more later. I think there can be financial benefits as well when you are comparing it to talk to North America in terms of kind of how much it will cost to actually, you know, graduate with your degree. And then also more long term, I certainly think there are lots of career benefits as well to really kind of set you up strongly in the world of work
1: and we know london is such a great destination for for travel and also for for educational opportunities Tell us a little bit about what is life like for a student studying in London.
0: Yeah, London is a fantastic place to study. It's not just us, you know. Many kind of you know student rankings, London comes at the top of them as a student city for a whole range of things, such as networking, kind of um, you know, student experience. For me, I think one of the key aspects is the kind of international diversity of the city. It is a really cosmopolitan, global you know city. students to experience so you know in terms of kind of that added benefit of having time as a student they're going to get ideas and perspectives from across the globe in that kind of dynamic mix of being in a big cosmopolitan city. Also, you know, being a big capital, uh, you know, you have all these extra resources available to students, whether that's the museums, the galleries, the specialist institutes. So as well as the resources of the universities in London, which there are many, we have nearly 40 universities in the city, so it is a real sort of academic hub. You're going to be able to go along to those specialist lectures, for example, in your area, go and have a look at that, that original piece of research, those original resources in these very accessible institutes you know often the museums are free to use for example so there's lots of added benefits I'd also say you know London is a big international city in terms of career prospects as well so in a very small space you can actually network with a very wide range of potential future employers whether students take on internships or placements during their time this can all be on your doorstep as a student in London.
1: Great. You mentioned a little bit earlier about some advantages for cost. Uh, let's talk a little bit about length of degrees or courses. And tell us a little bit more about that.
0: Yeah, so our degree duration is shorter than you'll find in somewhere like the US, for example. So actually a bachelor's degree is only going to be three years in duration. A master's degree on its own will be one year. What you'll find for undergraduate students as well is there might be an option to do what we call an integrated master's. We particularly offer these at Imperial in the sort of sciences, engineering areas you'll most likely to find them. So actually, within four years, you can qualify with a master's degree versus the kind of sixth year potentially in North America. So in terms of the kind of tuition costs, you know, the actual cost may be actually lower than you might find in, say, the USA. Obviously, it will vary different countries you're looking at. But when you add in that factor of, you know, the living costs, accommodation, everything for the shorter duration because of the length of the program, it can be very much a you know, cost effective way to gain your. Bachelor's and even your master's degree. Also, you know, in terms of the duration, you actually get to go into the world of work that bit quicker. So, if you are thinking of loans and kind of paying back for your studies, you get into that world of work to start paying that back much quicker than if you were to study elsewhere. Got
1: it. And I have to apply to a specific course. It isn't like a typical US where we go in and maybe we declare a major later on. I do have to apply to a specific course. Yes.
0: Exactly. And that's why it is shorter. We often get questioned, you know, why is it shorter? Does that mean it's less kind of rigorous? But no, it's because you are coming straight in to do that programme that you hopefully love from day one. And that's what you'll be doing for the duration of your degree. So when you apply, whether it's for history or physics, that's what you do from day one. And that's why I think we can sometimes seem a little bit harsh on the entry requirements side of things but it's because we're setting up students to flourish in that degree area. They will be hitting the ground running in that particular discipline and do that for the duration of their degree. Maybe options to do, you know, some extra classes at Imperial. We do offer something now called the iExplore programme, where every undergraduate student will get to take a class outside of their department. Could be something completely different, you know, humanities, management, social sciences, philosophy. But, At the same time, they will need to be loving their physics or mechanical engineering degree. That's what you're going to be doing. So, you know, potentially it's not for everyone if you're still making decisions, but if you're a student who knows what you want to do, you love your subject, and you don't want to have to keep taking all these additional classes that just don't interest you, the UK, particularly the English system, can be an absolutely brilliant fit for you. Right. So
1: let's say I'm new to this whole process. Can you give me some general guidelines and timelines and, and ways that I can apply to programs in the UK. Maybe I'm 11th 11th grader just getting started. Yeah,
0: and I say the earlier the better to start doing your research. The key to applying to uh, the UK is something called UCAS, the University and College's uh, Admissions Service. Some universities may accept applications in different ways, a common app or direct applications. However, every single UK university will be on UCAS. So if you are considering the UK as a destination, absolutely recommend that you familiarize yourself with the website. First of all, it's a great resource in terms of, you know, All the programmes are on there, but it is also kind of how you actually uh, apply. So with UCAS, you are actually limited to five different university programmes to apply for. So that's why doing your research early is really, really recommended. Because the good news is you only need to do this process once. You don't need to worry about doing lots of different kind of application styles, different essays for different universities. It's just this one application. But Obviously, the flip side of that is it's your one shot. So you want to make sure it's a really good application. And you are applying to the right programs for you. As we've already mentioned, you are applying for a specific subject area, so everything in that that application is really tailored to that particular subject. So you're doing your research nice and early. In terms of the timeline, so you'll actually be submitting your application nearly, sometimes you know at least sort of nine months really in advance, uh, potentially a year in advance of starting your studies. So generally we'll be starting in sort of September, you know, potentially early October on some universities and the UCAS application system will open up the summer the year before, so quite early on. There are two kind of key deadlines I would say to be aware of. Uh, there is the 15th of October deadline for any students applying to some of the very specific programs like medicine, dentistry, veterinary science. Or if you are choosing to submit an application to Oxford or Cambridge The second deadline is in January. That's the last Wednesday in January each year. And that's what we call the equal consideration deadline. Now, some universities may accept applications after this, but we're not obliged to read any applications that are coming after this deadline. So for competitive universities like Imperial, we simply already have enough applications by that point. So really, really important to stick to that January deadline. I'd always recommend students get your application done before kind of the Christmas holidays, for example. Don't leave it to the last minute. It's always better to get it done so you don't need to worry about it.
1: And you're accepting students on a rolling basis, right? So if I get my application in, it isn't isn't always where I have to find out on a certain day. In the United States, is typically uh, May first, but you do, or excuse me, April first, you start finding out is that kind of the approach or is that am i over generalizing
0: that it's, it is a little bit rolling but we will still give equal consideration to everyone by that deadline so there's an element of kind of waiting as well so it's a little bit of a mixed approach and actually different universities and even within universities different departments will approach it slightly differently what we do want to see is obviously have you know pretty much the whole field uh, of applicants so we can compare them But we may start kind of contacting you, say you submit an application earlier than January, we may start contacting you for things like potential interviews or any follow up tests. And you may hear back earlier. What all UK universities try to do is get all decisions made kind of by the early spring. So for Imperial, we aim to have all decisions made by the 31st of March. But a lot of people will have heard back by then, so there's not kind of one set deadline when people will hear back. So potentially applying earlier, you might hear back earlier, but some students will still be waiting towards kind of March as well.
1: Okay, well, thank you. Let's talk about the structure of the academic year. I know in the UK it starts maybe slightly a little bit later than we may, may find in the United States. Uh, What's a typical academic year look like?
0: Yeah, for an undergraduate, most students will be starting in that kind of September time. Imperial is actually one of the last ones to start in the year. So we start the first week of October normally. But most students, you know, by mid-September, end of September, you'll be starting. For kind of first years, that's kind of your welcome week when you're kind of settling in and kind of meeting people. And then classes will start. In most cases, although different universities, you know, are a little bit different, you'll have kind of classes up until sort of a little bit before the Christmas break, with then Mm -hmm. around three, potentially four weeks, depending on how the kind of Christmas holidays fall in the UK, where students will be off, can go home, can spend time at their university, choose what they want to do, and then come back for January for kind of the second round of classes, which normally kind of extend up until sort of the Easter into kind of, maybe April May time and then after that again sort of maybe a three-week holiday again there may be exam periods rather than sort so much formal teaching although some teaching may be going on into around the summertime and by around kind of mid-June most universities will have wrapped up for undergraduate students and you get a really nice long holiday of around three months which often is when students decide to go home or indeed maybe pick up say an internship and, and spend some time working in the UK as well which is an option.
1: Right. Well, we know in the U.S. we have a lot of universities that are set up in a campus feel, you know, Ivy walls and and such and, and student rec centers. How is that compared to maybe at Imperial? Is it the same kind of feel? How is it different or how is it similar?
0: Yeah, we're kind of, I, I kind of always say we're a bit of a blend between a city-based university comparing to like NYU, something like that, and a, a kind of campus university. We are right in the heart of London. We're Central Zone 1, South Kensington. Anyone who's maybe visited as a tourist. You might walk past our doors. We're next to the Science Museum, Victoria and Albert Museum, Natural History Museum, Hyde Park. So you are in the city. However, when you walk through our kind of main entrance onto campus, you do get a real campus um, feel. As an undergraduate student, you will be kind of spending the vast majority of your time kind of, you know, few blocks, I guess, in terms of, you know, the buildings. It's where the vast majority of the teaching happens. But we also then have our kind of gym across the road. We have a couple of halls of residence just across the road next to the Royal Albert Hall. For example, there's you know, catering outlets, um, you know, the student union is based uh, there as well. However, because we are a city university and, you know, the, due to the area we're in, not all of our students actually live within those blocks. So we have some accommodation that is a little bit further away. And that's kind of where I say we're a bit of a mixture in that sense, because you may well be walking through Hyde Park, for example, to get to campus in the morning from your halls of residence. But of course, those halls will have things like social programs and kind of um, activities going on, um, whereby students will get to you know, meet each other and make friends and have their own kind of environment in those halls of residence as well.
1: Great. Let's talk about costs, scholarship potential we we know that one of the biggest advantages, obviously, is that the academic to earn your degree is in three years, so that obviously helps out with costs. But what are we looking at in terms of some basic things to? to budget for?
0: Yeah, uh, in terms of kind of tuition fees in the UK, there will be a variety out there, probably unsurprisingly, the higher ranked universities will be charging more generally. But you'll also find there's actually a difference between the degree subject areas. So programs like humanities, classroom based social sciences will be cheaper than your more kind of technical lab based programs. So because of that, You know, Imperial is on the more expensive side of things. So, you know, we do kind of offer some scholarships, probably a bit different to North America. You're not going to find those large kind of golden ticket scholarships so much, you know, the kind of full rides, uh, the sports scholarships. We don't really do financial aid. So what students will be looking for is what we do call scholarships. So what is available to them? So we do have some smaller merit based scholarships, you know, that will be available to students to apply for. Students coming with loans um, certainly is an option. So, for example, students from North America, we do accept FAFSA. So that's the way that a number of students uh, will accept loans. We always encourage you as well to look at your own kind of options and networks. Many students may come with government funding, for example, from other sources as well.
1: Well, Catherine, you know, we know there's a lot of requirements in the classroom, but what's available for students outside the classroom?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes because the application is is very academic, we lose kind of the message that actually you can do so much more beyond the academics at university in the UK as well. So in terms of just kind of socialising, enjoyment, um, every UK university will have what we call the Student Union, which will have lots and lots of different clubs and societies to get involved in. At Imperial, we actually have 380 clubs and societies. So I'm pretty sure just about every student will be able to find something they're interested in. Whether it might be academic related, You know, each department will have their own kind of groups. Being very techie, Imperial has things like a robotics society, a drone society. But we also then have things like a tea drinking society. So students can just sit around and meet each other and drink tea. So there's lots to go on. um Trump's included, you know, right? Trump's yeah, included. exactly. <laughs> you know, sports, you know, maybe sports isn't quite to the same level as in the USA. We maybe don't have those very large stadiums. But I think one of the nicest things about sports in the UK, it's incredibly inclusive. So... Every ability can get involved. Yes, you might actually be, you know, competing at a national or international level and we can potentially support students in doing that. But if you just want to try a new activity, you're incredibly welcome. Our football or soccer teams, for example, have teams A to F. So kind of every ability is very much uh, covered in there. And then just to kind of also say, you know, added extras, uh, kind of uh, maybe more long term in terms of building your resume and kind of what else you can get from university. Imperial offers uh, things that you know many other universities may offer as well, but things such as supporting students in actually going on their own journey around their own career destinations. So we found that many of our students are interested in kind of starting up their own companies or have fantastic ideas and want to make them into kind of yeah, prototypes. So we offer things like hack spaces. So students of all uh, different disciplines can go along and utilize things like 3D printers, laser cutters, woodwork, metalwork machines, even if they're doing a theoretical program like mathematics, for example. We also have what's called our Enterprise Lab, which is uh, completely free to all students, whereby they can meet other students, kind of collaborate on ideas, learn how to pitch their ideas and take part in competitions. So potentially they could make their ideas into a viable business. And that's something I think more and more students are choosing these days. Yes, they're doing an academic degree, but actually they want to use that knowledge in a different way and kind of start their own journey in potentially starting up their own company. Yeah, Well,
1: that's a great segue into, into career opportunities in the UK, possibly staying, maybe a student getting visas and staying in the UK for for career. How does that all work? And, and what are some of the opportunities I can get to gain that valuable experience? Yeah,
0: Absolutely. There's lots of opportunities to kind of, um, you know, first of all, build up your resume, but also think long term. So all international students in the UK can work during their studies. They can also work off campus, so they can gain some practical experience in those companies they're interested in. So they can work full time in the holidays and up to 20 hours per week during term time. Although we always kind of say, don't maybe plan to work that much around exams, you know, you have to kind of balance things out. But absolutely, things like the summer holidays are a great opportunity to do an internship. At the Imperial, we have a dedicated team, part of our career service that will be actually helping students connect with those internship opportunities. Career services as well across the UK at universities will be there to support students. Um, you know, our career service team will be there networking with the uh, employers who really do want our students or we'll things like large careers fairs on campuses. There's lots of opportunities to kind of think about those careers afterwards as well. And if students do want to stay in the UK, then now is what's called the graduate worker route, whereby all international students automatically do have two years uh, on top of their student visa to stay in the UK to work. Previously, you had to kind of have a high level job lined up, but now that's not not necessary. Uh, You could just choose your time to kind of... Work, you know, kind of uh, in a coffee shop, whilst you're actually then looking for that kind of more long term career. So it just gives you that flexibility to stay after university and gain the experience that you want to get from your time in the UK.
1: Well, Catherine, I'm pretty sure I would be on your F uh, level football team, soccer, as we say in the US. So um, that's where I think I would start out with that. But thank you so much for this great overview and the reasons why Americans and international students should consider applying to the UK and specifically to Imperial. Great.
0: Thank you very much. Great to be here.
1: Awesome. Great. Have a great Thank day. You.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Let's Talk Higher Ed. This show is brought to you by Cielfo, a fast-growing global ed tech company and student-first career exploration and college application network. If you enjoyed this episode, then follow Let's Talk Higher Ed wherever you get your favorite podcasts or join us online at cialfo.co slash podcast for all of the latest episodes.